Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Good morning, Real Life. Whether you are here in this room or you're joining us online, we are just excited that we get to be together today. Um, Today is a day that we get to think about all that Advent leads up to all that Christmas is. Today is kind of one of those culmination type services where we bring uh, just the, the, the peak of the season to bear today. This morning as we begin to dig into God's word for us, I'd like you to take a moment and turn to those around you, or if you find yourself sitting next to the same people every week, you might want to just venture across the, the sanctuary this morning. Um, and I, I have a question for us to think about as we get ready uh, to get into God's word this morning. And the question is this, what is something you are hoping for? What is something you're hoping for? It can be big, it can be small, it can be something like monumental in your life. Uh, It can be something simple. Take a few moments, share with the people around you, what is something you are hoping for? Go. a God who loves you, where is he now? Or maybe there are things you can't see, and all those things are happening to bring a better ending. Someday, somehow, you'll see, you'll see. You all sound like you enjoy each other's company, which is such a good thing for a church. Well, this morning, as we um, are nearing the end of Advent, um, we have a few things to consider before we go any further. Our celebration of Advent this year has been a little different. We've, we've changed things up just a, just a hair. Uh, no candles this year, but bulbs that have increased in intensity uh, as the week has gone on. And it was always, you know, it's interesting when you have uh, ideas, sometimes good, great ideas, uh, but you don't always understand the logistics of how those ideas will play out. Uh, these are not the original bulbs that we started with because the original bulbs were way too bright uh, and they were, cl- they were barring people from actually seeing anything. They were that bright. So we've reduced them, uh, but, but I have loved watching the intensity grow and the darkness be turned to light. And I look forward to this Friday night when we gather for the Christmas Eve service where we get to light all of them. And, and if you haven't noticed, the middle bulb, the Christ bulb, is, uh, is bigger than the rest. And uh, that is appropriate. So this, we're going to enjoy it. I, we, we mixed up the traditional order of things that we, uh, uh, of the Advent readings. And this year we went from love to joy to peace and, and today hope. Uh, because our whole season has been building towards hope. Um, we've created a devotional book for you, and, 
and it is got finalized this week. And for those of you who've been waiting for the, the rest of it to come, that'll be coming out um, in PDF form. Uh, we learned a few things uh, when it comes to publishing books uh, through Amazon, and uh, we just decided that this week we're going to email all of you the PDF, so all of you will have it uh, in your hands that you can be reading for that. But we also created a, a story for kids that you all have been able to read through uh, this season, and, and for some of you who maybe don't have kids at home, if you would like a copy of that, I, we've got some extras that you could take home and you could read, or maybe you could read to, to neighbors or to family members. Uh, but uh, as a part of that story, was there's a, a final piece of that, of that narrative. Uh, it's a letter. And uh, after service, will you help me make sure that all kids go home with one of these presents? Uh, and it has uh, a gift from us to them, uh, but we're hoping that they don't open it until Christmas, that this becomes a part of your Christmas morning celebration. Uh, that you would open the, the, the envelope, read the letter in here, and then have the kids open the present. And we hope this will be uh, a great thing for your family this, this season. So, so Advent has been something that, it, that builds in our hearts and it builds in our minds as we think about Jesus coming. We know Jesus has already come. He's already arrived. He's here. He's with us. But there's something important about the church, about, about us recognizing that there are still things in our lives that we are waiting for Jesus to show up in the middle of. Now, sometimes it's that the time is just not right. For some, it's Jesus is up to something other than what we're looking for. So sometimes it's not that Jesus is not there in the middle of your situation. It's just that from our perspective, he's almost incognito. He's not where we think he should be, but maybe, just maybe, we need to adjust our vision a little bit. There are some in our world who do not know the hope of Jesus, and they are finding themselves in some despairing moments in their life. And for them, in their understanding, Jesus hasn't shown up yet. They may not even know that Jesus wants to show up. As I finished up a class this semester at Trevecca, a group of 35 young people I got to journey with for 14 or 15 or 15 years. It seemed like a long semester, but it was amazing to see and hear the stories of students who many of them are still waiting for Jesus to show up in their situations. So as we think about the culmination of Advent, which is Friday night, here in this place where we will gather again to pause before we get to the festivities of uh, Friday night and Saturday, let me just ask that you would carve out that time as a family to come and pause before the manger as we reflect on that Christmas so long ago where humanity had no clue what was happening. No clue. We had no frame of reference for what God was doing in a little town called Bethlehem. That in that little town, it became the epicenter of God's greatest move towards humanity. And only now, as we look back, can we understand all that was going on. But as those 
people there that night didn't have a full comprehension of what was going on. Church, today, I don't know that we fully comprehend what God is up to in our midst. But that is not a, a moment for despair, but it's a moment for hope that, that we would uh, have our hearts and our minds tuned to what God is wanting to do in our midst. In our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our relationships with neighbors and, and spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends and family members, my hope and prayer for us as a church is that we would find ourselves tuned to the rhythms of God and what that means for us. So join us this Friday at four o'clock as we bring Advent to a close and as we wait uh, with great expectation uh, to enter into Christmas. Now, this is where um, this is where we have a bit of a problem. Uh, some of you are like, uh, Pastor, um, I don't know where you've been for the last 25 days, but uh, Christmas is already here. Uh, the commercialized version of Christmas has been here for two or three months. And the monotony and the drone of that can sometimes steal what Christmas is really all about. It's about the birth of God. And I hope that you're not so tired of, with Christmas that you um, aren't willing and, and you aren't able even to, uh, to celebrate fully when God shows up. So Christmas, uh, in all reality, Christmas begins on Saturday. Uh, right about when everyone's ready to pack everything away and put it away. Christmas begins on Saturday. So I pray, my prayer for us as a church is that we would be able to celebrate fully, not just Christmas Day, but the whole season of Christmas. So this morning, I want us to get into God's Word. Uh, if you have your Bibles, grab those. If you have them online or on your phone, uh, on an iPad, if you brought your scrolls, pull those out. Uh, Romans chapter 5. Uh, verses 1 through 11 is where we will be. And as we read this morning, um, it's a little bit of a lengthier passage, uh, but, but I would like you to be deeply reflective of the words that are in this passage, which is not a traditional Christmas passage. Um, I've, I've never been, uh, and this is probably why some people have a problem with me, I've never been that guy who just kind of goes through the same motions of what we're supposed to do. Um, all of the Bible is a Christmas story. And this morning, I want to read out of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and, crank, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came to at just the right time 
and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, although some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. This is the word of God for the people of God and the world. And we all say together, thank you, God. This Sunday before Christmas, is always a culmination kind of service. It is as if everything has been building towards Christmas, and this is the last chance before Christmas for pastors to say what they think needs to be said to the people. Pastors will oftentimes preach out of the Christmas passages, like Luke chapter 2, which we have read parts of this Advent season already. But as I reflected on what God would have us deal with this morning, Um, I want us to take a moment to think about the hope which is ours because of who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and who Jesus has yet to be. Not only that, but what God did through Jesus, what God is doing through Jesus, and what God has yet to do through Jesus in our lives. Church, if there's one thing I know about our day, It is that humanity is in desperate need of hope that doesn't just get us through the day, but a hope that transforms the day and makes a deep and radical difference in the reality of who each of us is. I heard from someone this week of his struggle because he witnessed someone take their life recently. Talk about a need for hope that changes everything. I think about this young man who shared it with me and who's, who's struggling. He, he just can't quite get the image out of his head. He needs hope today. But I can't help but think about the family of that one who took their life. They need hope today. For this Christmas is going to look a whole lot different than last Christmas. But I also can't help but think about the people who are even entertaining the idea that this life is not worth living. If there's ever a need for hope, it's those who find themselves hopeless. We hosted a funeral dinner this week for a man who, whose wife passed away suddenly. He needs hope this season that makes sense of loss and heartache when so many other people around him are going to be celebrating The excitement of Christmas, his Christmas this season is going to look a whole lot different than last season. There are those who are sick, oppressed, trapped, persecuted, belittled, and those who are enslaved, those and so many others who don't need the idea of hope. They need the reality of hope in their life, the actual, tangible, put your arms around it kind of hope. That is what we need today in our day. 
Hope is just that. It's an idea until. It's an idea until you find yourself standing, sitting, or maybe even kneeling in front of a manger, in front of a cross, in front of an empty tomb of a man who was known as and is still known as Jesus. Jesus is only a nice idea until you take into account all the historical accounts, the eyewitness testimonies, the reports of governments, and the accounts of the masses who lived life with him. He wasn't just a religious figure or a good ethical teacher. No, Jesus was and is the fulfillment of the promises and the prophecies of God to each and every one of us. Not just way back then, but today. It's hard to focus on a manger in a little town called Bethlehem without catching a glimpse just past it on the horizon outside of a city called Jerusalem, a cross standing. We as, as followers of Christ get to, at, at Christmas time, think also about Easter. And at Easter, we also get to think about Christmas and all that is bookended by those two things. It's hard to focus on those things without, without remembering all of it. Because of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, you and I and every person we will encounter this week are made right in God's sight. I do not understand how God fully does that. But do you hear the words, you are made right in God's sight because of what Jesus did, not because of what you can do? It's called grace. That changes everything. God sees us differently as God sees us through the lens of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. It isn't that God overlooks or ignores our sin and our brokenness. God sees us differently because God has implemented a plan that transforms us from enemies of God to friends of God. God does the work. And you and I get to believe in the work of God, not just with a, a thought, but we get to believe with our lives, surrendered, laid down at the foot of a manger, of a cross, of an empty tomb. There's nothing you and I can earn to do to earn it. We get to embrace it because it's a gift. Of all the gifts that we are going to unwrap this season, there is no gift more important than the gift that a God who loves us gives us. The gift of being made right in his sight. That is a gift. Because of Jesus, we have hope that does not disappoint. This hope is backed up with the cosmic credentials of the creator God. When we think about whether or not to believe in God, let's just look at the facts Let's look at the testimony. Let's look at all that God has done and continues to do. I love the way Paul puts it in the passage we read earlier. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Folks, way too often. And there's a gentleman here who reminds me of this every time I see him that we are a people who all too often live way below our spiritual privilege. We walk around as though nothing has happened. We walk around with shoulders slumped and lives just kind of defeated. 
Church, God has done something in us that places us in a place of privilege. And from that place, we get to live, not as defeated, but as victorious. We get to live out of a place of privilege that changes everything. Not a place for us to flaunt ourselves over others or to gloat about anything, but a place that allows us to live boldly in the world that wants to tear us apart. That is hope. That is the foundation of the life of faith. Hope because Jesus. Hope because Jesus. That name, Jesus. What does that name conjure up in your heart and in your mind today? What are the first thoughts that come to mind when you try to think about, okay, writing down what does Jesus mean to me? What does it mean for you? In Matthew 12, 21, we read this, and his name will be the hope of all the world. His name will be the hope of all the world. I read that once and it struck me. Yeah, but what about him? Isn't he the hope of the world? Is it just his name or is it him? Our hope will not be found in better paychecks, better policies, better governments, better court decisions, better medical advice, better efforts, or better anything else. Our hope will never disappoint as long as that hope is found first and foremost fully in Jesus. Does this mean that we just need to say the name Jesus more often? Almost like a a magic spell that you might say over something to make something happen. To treat Jesus' name as an incantation is, is ludicrous. But when we read this passage that the name will be the hope of the world, we have to come to terms with what that means. The name of Jesus and the person of Jesus cannot be separated. You know, in our world today, we like to give people, um, we like to give people names. Our kids, they get names. And we, I remember when Christy and I were going through the process of trying to figure out a name, we, um, we came up with some really fun ones and some ones that just didn't stick. And there were a couple names that we had that when we saw this little bundle of screaming, crying joy in front of us that just didn't quite fit for some reason. We give names because, you know, the name is cool or it's the, 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 the name to give these days. Or maybe it is uh, the name of, of a person, uh, a family member, uh, a friend, uh, a loved one who, who meant something special. But when we do that, we, rarely are we considering what that person is going to become. And so in some ways, the name that we give and the person that exists can be very, two very different things. Um, I recently came upon a name card. Uh, it was at a bookstore. You know, sometimes the name, you know, Jimmy means this. And uh, if it's in a Christian bookstore, there's usually a passage of scripture underneath it. And, and uh, I, I was just kind of curious. I was looking for all of our names to see wh- what our names mean and uh, found my name. I found Christy and uh, I found Reagan. And, but something caught my eye, uh, the name Jimmy. Um, and it was weird because I don't know why this card caught my 
my attention, but the card said, Jimmy, supplanter, in quotes. Anyone know what a supplanter is? Um, a supplanter is someone who takes the place of another, usually by force, scheming, or strategy. I'm not so sure the person who put these together got the, the idea of what was going on here. Um, I, I would never want my child, if I were to call him Jimmy, uh, to become that. That's not a good thing. That's a conniver. That's someone who wants to put themselves in someone's place at the expense of others, a supplanter. Well, it got better. The scripture down below, you probably can't read that, but I'm going to read it for you. The passage of scripture that came along was this, Jeremiah 9.4. If you know it, it says this. Beware of your friends. Do not trust anyone in your clan, for every one of them is a deceiver and every friend a slanderer. Someone bombed it on this card. Because I don't know that Jimmy wants to be that. I don't know that that's the life verse that Jimmy wants to, to, to choose. What we do with names and the reality of our persons in our day and age just doesn't mean what it meant way back then. But as we read the passages of Scripture today, as we read the name of Jesus, and as we see the person of Jesus, they are two, one and the same thing. You can't speak the name of Jesus in some way, a, a separate way, from embracing the person of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not just a, a magic potion. The name of Jesus speaks to the reality of God made flesh living among us, dealing with the most broken and heartache, Jesus speaks of hope. Hope in a day when we are desperately in need of it. Jesus, Jesus, on the other hand, becomes the name in which all the nations of the world will be able to put their hope. What do you want for those around you, church? What do you want for those around you? I have lived life among people long enough to know that uh, sometimes we want the worst for people. <laughs> we want them to get theirs. We want people to hurt, to feel the pain that they caused us. But what do you want for your family? How about Jesus? What do you want for your children, your spouse, your parents, your siblings, your aunts and uncles? Is it Jesus? What do you want for your neighborhood? How about Jesus? How about your community, your state or your nation? Maybe Jesus would be a better idea than all the things we bicker over in our nation. What if it was Jesus? What do you want for your boss? <laughs> what do you want for your coworkers? Jesus would be a pretty good idea. If not Jesus, what do you want for those who rub you rub shoulders with on a daily basis? Do you want to treat them as enemies? I'm thankful that, that that's not how God treated us. Do you want to get revenge? I'm so glad that God doesn't give us what we deserve. Do you want someone to pay for what they've done to you? 
I'm glad that God takes my tab and wipes it clean. All because God wants to flip the common story of humanity upside down and establish a whole new way of being. This Christmas, what if you were willing to take to heart the truth that Christmas is about God's plan for salvation? Your salvation and the salvation of every person you will come in contact with today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next. It is God's plan for salvation unfolding. What if Christmas was not about opening presents that will grow old, break, and lose their appeal? What if it was about the beginning of gift giving, that it's a way of living, a way of living where our deepest, deepest desire for those, even those who betray us, is that they would be saved. And not just a salvation that speaks of life after the final breath that we take, but salvation here and now. A salvation that begins today and changes the rest of your eternity. What if this Christmas began from a place of privilege because of God, and then set out as Christ did to be a people of reconciliation on behalf of our world. That would, I think, change everything. There's a lot writing on Christmas. And I wonder, will you respond Answer these questions as you consider how you will respond to God's work in your life. Three questions to leave us today. Three questions that I'd like you to answer today in your heart as you stand before God. One, who needs your gift of grace the most? Do you have a name? Can you see them in your heart today? Who needs your gift of grace the most? If you're struggling to come up with uh, who that might be, can I suggest this? The people who need your gift of grace the most are the people that are most difficult in your life. Will you change the story? and offer a gift of grace. Two, what are you willing to let go of in order to let God work through you? What is your hang up, your hold up? What is that thing that is just standing in the way of full surrender, full obedience to God? What is that thing that you just are sure there's no way God would ever ask that of you? But maybe, just maybe, God wants you to give that up. What is that thing? Three, what price are you willing to pay for the salvation of another? I'm concerned that sometimes we're too bothered, we're too busy to consider that there are people around us dying. 
we see them in our neighborhoods and at our workplaces. They, we see them as we shop. We see them all around. And this isn't a plug to be judgmental, but it is a pray to be a, 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 a it is a call to be sensitive to the Spirit's work in your life, and to recognize that every single person is created in the image of God. It needs to be restored to that. How are how are you willing to reorder your life so that God will finally be the first and foremost and most important thing in your life? The thing that everything takes its cue from. Those are my questions. Who needs your gift of grace the most? What are, willing, what are you willing to let go of? And what price are you, will you, you willing to pay? Church, stand with me. Oh. Heavenly Father, this morning... We have come and we have gathered and we have laid our hearts before you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to speak and form us and mold us and shape us. That, God, this Christmas would not be just another run-through-the-motions type of thing. But today, this season, would be about life transformation. That today would be the day when everything changes and we would not be able to go back. Lord, there are people all around us. I pray that you would sensitize our hearts and our hearts, our, our, our mind's eye. God, that you would work in us to see people the way you see them through Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us hold loosely the things that we hold so tightly to. Help us to be willing to give those away, to move them out of the way, to push them out of the way so that we might be able to be Jesus in our world. And God, I just pray also that we would be willing to pay the price to follow your lead who gave up everything for the salvation of humanity. Lord, we thank you. and We give you praise. And we ask that you not give up on us, that you dig in deep, and continue to mold us into your image. We pray these things in the mighty, matchless name of a baby born in Bethlehem. God's people said, amen. Church, today, may you find your hope in Jesus. And may that hope transform you inside and out, upside and down. Every way you look, may it transform who you are. And may you be contagious in your hope to those around you desperately in need of the hope which you have. May your place of privilege cause you to get on your knees and serve. Until we meet again, church, on Christmas Eve, be blessed, but be a blessing. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org. Thanks again for listening.